Welcome everyone to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through his word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in to the show today, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate every single one of you, and now let us begin. Well, everybody, I'd like to welcome you back to part number four of this wonderful book study series that we're doing in the book of Philippians. And uh, this is a time where we are just uh, just diving really deep into deep, rich spiritual truth that is able to save us from this, this world that is being polluted and corrupted by the lusts and deceits and the the trickery of Satan and his demons. And so today we're in Philippians chapter three. Last week we were, we took a long, hard look at humility. And so I hope that that message helped you in in many different ways. And so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and dive into Chapter three. So we're going to start in the first verse. It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things again is no trouble to me. And it is a safeguard for you. Now, we as believers, we must delight greatly in the Lord. He is our source of strength. He is our salvation. He is our hope. He is the one who made this plan of salvation possible for us. He does so many great things on our behalf, and he he sustains us. He he has redeemed us. He sanctified us, and he's and he's working within us to make us into the image of his son. And that needs to be our goal. Now, I'll just share with you this. I was just listening to a talk being given on on a wisdom app of two people supposedly talking about. Uh, Christ. Well, let me just say that the the title of it was uh, "Be Watchful, so that you may not be tempted, or lest you be tempted." Uh, let me just say this: the this world and people will paint this picture of of Jesus, and they will say that their platform. Their episodes, whatever, are biblically based, but I tell you what, there is a lot of error. I was just listening listening to these two guys talk, and let me just say this. Wow. Um, they were thinking that Jesus was all about love, and Paul was all about order, and that Paul had has some authority over uh, the church that Jesus didn't. Uh, I mean, what kind of... What kind of theology is that paul no offense is a nobody he is not somebody to be revered and he has said many many times in scripture uh, we're the same faith and he does he does say yes follow my example but because i follow the example of christ i'm not diminishing his importance uh, but if we start elevating people to a position where christ is that in turn lies a problem. And a lot of people keep saying, well, I think, I think, I think, I think the Bible needs to be a more 
of love and, and tolerance and everything else. It, first off, no one cares what you think. And I, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm, I'm so tired of people trying to tell people what the Bible says, and they have no clue what it says themselves. And they're, and these people are talking like, like they have a clue what's going on, but they're deceiving not only themselves, but, but also other people. And, and it's terrifying. And I, I didn't get a chance to get on there, but if I would have gone on there, I'd be like, um, understand this. Just because you don't think something's right, just because a culture says this is the way things ought to be, uh, doesn't give us the right to dictate what the Bible says. And, and, and I'll also, we don't determine what applies in the Bible and what doesn't apply. Only Christ has that authority. The Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible is the only one that gives authority on what the church is supposed to be and how, how believers are supposed to be. We don't determine that. And I don't mean to be like super fired up right now, but I cannot sit back and let just people spew out this garbage. And and here's the thing: that's that's damning stuff. When you start saying that, well, the Bible, it, we need to be all about love, and we need to be about tolerances, and we need to be about this, we need to be about that. I got news for you: it's not, the, the cult. That that's people being infiltrated by the culture. The culture is not something that we are supposed to strive after. We don't take the Bible and we we adjust it to the culture. We take the culture to the Bible. And I got news for you. You must be very careful, very, 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 very careful who you listen to. Because the voices that you think are biblical... Um, a lot of times are not. And it's it's so incredibly important that you listen to what scripture says. Because Paul says, we to write the same things to you again is no trouble for me. It is a safeguard for you. So a lot of times you'll see uh Paul repeating himself and repeating himself and repeating himself. By the way, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Why is that perfectly fine? Because we need reminders. It's a safeguard for us. We forget so quickly. We forget so quickly. And here's the problem. Because of that, we need reminders. That's why you need to be completely immersed in Scripture. Because you get people, and I'm sorry, I'm just frustrated. I'm just, I'm so tired of people have no clue what the Bible says, telling people what the Bible says. It's 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 madness to me. And they're saying things that are completely opposing to scripture and they're acting like it's true. It's it's terrible. It's 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 just a shock. It's a shock. Well I should say it's not a shock. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I I I guess that's just based off emotion. Nothing surprises me, but it's a tragedy. And so many people, it's just like what Jesus says in Matthew 7. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy and drive in your name, cast out demons? And they'll and Jesus will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Scripture is not open 
for interpretation. It's not open for debate. It's for us to, to trust and rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us in his truth. And you know what? The reality, my friends, is that um, the doctrine of demons is so evident today, and it's not a game. What is in this in these scriptures is sacred, it's holy, and on top of all that, it's completely applicable and is a it is authoritarian author, excuse me authoritarian for our lives. And I, I got news for you. We do not determine what the Bible says. The Bible will explain itself. It will interpret itself. So let's keep going here. Uh, verse 2. This is perfect. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and the glory of Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Are, are you with me here? Are you with me? Are you hearing this? It says, beware. That means physically look, look with spiritual perception. Keep your eyes open to the truth. I keep telling, I, I tell my kids all the time, I say it to them, and I, I truly mean this. Keep your eyes open. Always be watchful. Always be waiting. Because it's the moments where you bury your head in the stand and where you compromise the word of God is where things get really dicey very quickly. And I'm just, I'm here to tell you that the word of God is not for us to play around with and to take lightly. God does not take a deviation from his word and his commandments very lightly. He takes it with the utmost seriousness and the utmost holiness. His words are holy. What you read, what you're reading in front of you, if you have your Bibles with you, what you are reading is holy. It, this is not something that that is is to take lightly. This is not a, this is not a self help book. This is this is the way uh, for redemption. This is a way for us to live. And I'm here to tell you that this is not a game. Because right here, verse 2, beware of the dogs. Those are the apostates. Those are the false believers. Those are the people that uh, parade around as fake believers. And, and in reality, that they're, they're wolves in sheep clothing. I'm, I'm here to share this with you right now. Uh, be so careful who you listen to. Please be careful. Because my goodness, I mean, it's it's so it's so easy to get entangled in false doctrines. And and if you're listening to scripture and it sounds it sounds a little fishy, uh, do yourself a favor, go in. And, and actually open up your Bible and find out for yourself. Don't just, don't take things for face value. And don't take things and believe people just because they have a, you know, that they look the part, they smile the part, everything's the, the everything is, is appearing as they have everything in order. They, they have the right eloquent words. They have all these wonderful things. 
the hair, the smile, the whatever, that's that that stuff doesn't mean anything. So again, you must be so careful who you listen to because uh, your soul is on the line. So be careful of those people. Be careful of those people. Um, be careful of those of the evil workers. Be aware of the false circumcision, the, the, all the false teachers. There are many out there. But we as true believers in Christ are the true circumcision who worship in the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So going back to the those who worship in the spirit of God, we serve the Holy Spirit. We serve God the Father we, we and we serve the Son. And the false believers, the apostates, they think that they worship in the spirit. Rather, they are Satan and they are of the works of the devil. These doctrines of demons are so prevalent in our world today, and you must be so careful. And by the way, where Paul's saying here in verse 3, put no confidence in the flesh. Uh, John 6, 33, the flesh profits nothing. Romans 7, 18, nothing good dwells in me. And Galatians 6, 8 says, if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption and also destruction. And also, the flesh sets its desires against the spirit. So, like I said before, this is not a game. And in, in verse 4, it says, Although I might myself have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I have far more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. Let me just say this. Paul had every worldly right to be confident in the flesh. He had the affirmation of those around him that were in this uh, false sense of righteousness. And here's the other thing. His knowledge, his stature, his accomplishments, they were all there. He was the guy. He's as high as you could go. And he had the worldly praise of men. He was the absolute guy. But now let's look how he views it now. See, that was the, that was the old self. That was the old self. Let's see what Paul says here in regards to how he feels at this moment. In verse 7 says, But whatever things that were gained to me, those things I have counted a loss as for the sake of Christ. All those things we just read in verses 4, 5, and 6, all those things he counts them as lost for the sake of Christ. Moreover than that, in verse 8, I count all those things, all things, to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Nothing and no one is more valuable than having a true intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ. He is absolutely everything. He's absolutely everything. And here's the other thing. And that's this is why I say this. Everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ, and by Christ, and through Christ. That's why I say these things. Um, heaven's mansions, 
reuniting with our families, golden streets, pearly gates, uh, perfect spiritual bodies are not the ultimate prize in the life of a believer. It is only Christ. If you have, if you have the desire to go to heaven because your family's there, or you think your pet's there, um, you're you're not thinking properly. It's not about the people that that you miss in this life. It's not about the things you get in heaven that need to be your focus. It's honestly as simple as Christ. He is he is everything. And in this moment, I, I wrote this when I was writing this study up. I have I have it written here in my notes. I wrote this with eyes welled up that I just I just I just want to see Jesus. I want to fully get out of the way and give everything for him. I only desire Christ. And that's where you need to get to. The goal of heaven is not to get everything you ever desired and be able to have these, these supernatural abilities or or the things that you're you're thinking of. It has nothing to do with any type of worldly things that you get in heaven. Oh, I get to get uh, lots and lots of money in heaven. No, that's that's not it. It's Christ. And it says here, For whom I have suffered the loss for all things, and I count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. The things of this world, basically what Paul is saying here, the, the word for rubbish means dung. Worldly things are but garbage and dung. That's how we're supposed to feel about it. This life has absolutely nothing for me. I'm not diminishing family. I'm not diminishing things that you do on this on this earth. I'm not saying all those things are not of any value. Well, what I'm saying to you is that we must forsake everything that we think is important for the sake of Christ. Christ is the absolute crown jewel of our life. He is the only thing that we, I should say, he is the only person that we need to strive for, to live for, to hope in, to trust in. In verse 9, and may be found in him and not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Well, if you read Romans chapters 3 through, three through 6, you would see that perfectly. On being justified by faith, and our righteousness in Christ is based on faith in him and him alone. The law is powerless to save, and that's in Romans 8.3. The law is powerless to save. So again, you're, you're seeing this and hearing this with your own ears and your own eyes. You're seeing these things so clearly because it's not about the things that we do. It's who we believe in that saves us. We, the Salvation is not dependent on us as people. Salvation is dependent upon the person and work of Jesus Christ through faith in him. Remember, remember my one of my favorite verses now, 1 Corinthians 5, 21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our, on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's where, that's where it is. That righteousness is not derived of our own. It's all of because of Christ. Now listen to verse 10. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. We must make it our life goal, 
our mission to get as intimately as close to Christ as possible, to know him fully and deeper and the power of his resurrection. And I'm going to take you real quick to a very, very powerful verse that I found. And the, the, the deeper I'm going into Christ, the more I'm really enjoying the, the old, old Testament. But listen to this in Jeremiah 9, 23. Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. See, we're not, we're not boasting in those things. That, that's not we're, that's not the focus. That's not, that's not the end game here. But that's what the world tells you to do. That's not it at all. So I'm here to share with you verse 24 now, because this is, this is the key. But let him who boasts, boast of this. Here it is, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. So what are we supposed to boast in? Boast in that you understand and know who God is intimately. If you don't know him intimately, you have a major problem. Because you are going to be one of those people that, that Jesus says to, I never knew you. I didn't know who you are. So once again, this is, this is not a moment for mediocrity. This is a, a, not a moment for um, casual Christianity. This is the opportunity to draw near to him, and he makes a promise that he will, and God is, he always, he always comes through with his promises. He says, I will draw near to you. And how do you draw near to him? You increase your faith. Well, how do you increase your faith? You, you get in the word of God and you read it. Where do you find that at, Nate? Well, some of you have been with me for so long, you should know where, where I'm going. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Then what do I do? Well, start to produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Pray on these things. Have you prayed a prayer, something like this? Lord, all I want to do is obey your commands. I want to love you deeper I want to know you more intimately, and I want to produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Show me, Lord, where I can increase. Show me where I'm at fault that I may not sin against you. Show me where I have fallen short so I don't fall short anymore. I don't want to sin against you. I want to be obedient, loving child of you. All I want to do is love you and obey you. That's all I want to do. And obviously say it in Jesus' name. Have you ever prayed that kind of prayer? from your heart or have you ever just prayed a prayer where you just tell god that you love him those are those are the questions and those are those are hard questions see on here we ask the hard questions and trust me when i tell you that when i ask these hard questions they're not just questions that i just ask randomly um but they are questions that i've asked myself before i even asked you so again, the goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. That's what it means to be a believer. And now, verse 11, we read, in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead, 
And how do we do that? It's through Christ, because Jesus himself said in John eleven twenty five 25, that he is the resurrection and the life. Only in him will we rise again to everlasting life. It's not through the things that we do. It's through Christ. That's why, again, I always say it. Everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. I don't say that, again, as something being catchy. So, again, let's go to verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold that which for also I was laid hold of by Christ. Again, Paul is being humble here. Humility knows that we will never obtain perfection until God glorifies us after our purpose for him is served on this earth and we are glorified in heaven. So again, those are, don't be confused here. And there's a lot of people out there that believe that people are able to become perfect and that we are able to obtain a sinless status. And if you read 1 John, it will tell you the exact opposite. If you believe that you have no sin within you, you deceive yourself. So again, we, we must be really careful when we say these things. Now, Paul says, I press on so that I may lay hold for which also I was laid hold of by Christ. We press on. Jesus chose us. We did not choose him. He first loved us, not the other way around. So we must be really careful when we when we go about these things because the truth of the matter is is that once Christ lays a hold of us and that we press on and we do everything in our power we lay off the old self and what we do is we put our trust and faith in him and we make strides every day to become more and more like him each and every day of our lives. So again it's it's easy it's easy to say those things it's easy to talk the talk but it's a whole other thing to walk the walk and so i'm here to share with you today that it's not we don't lay hold of this salvation or we have we have not obtained perfection but we are making strides to be that way and that's what we must do. And it says in verse 13, Brethren, I do not regard myself as of laying hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward for what lies ahead. That in itself is an entire study. There are times in this life where things will distract us and things will hold us captive and hostage and we feel like we can't move forward. But in Christ, we must always be moving forward. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to say this to you right now in all seriousness. We must forsake self and any idols that hinder us from closeness with God. And here's the other part of it. We aggressively pursue maturity in Christ by seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
never looking back at the fading emptiness of the world. That That's truth. And here's the deal. It's easy to look back. It's easy to look back. But we must never look back. Do not be like Lot's wife, who always looked back. And what happened when she looked back? She turned to a pillar of salt. And that's the dangers of looking back in the world. Verse 15, let us therefore as many as are perfect have this attitude. And if anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. Kind of goes back to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Same thing. By the way, thus those of us who have been made perfect or righteous because of Christ's righteousness, not that we are perfect, we, we'll be able to stand perfect in heaven because of Christ. So don't get that confused. But we need to live up to that standard. So we can never say like, well, I'm saved now. That means that I can sin and I can do all these things because God's forgiven me. So I can do everything, anything I want to do. And that is not right. So again, that's what we need to do. Now look at verse 17. Brethren, joining in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, of whom I often told you, and now now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Paul here is talking about apostates, people who used to follow Christ and no longer do. And this is just a sad, sad reality of, of the fact that there are many people who are so focused on themselves and they're so focused on looking back at the world and they, they have these ideologies that conflict uh, with, with Christ and what he teaches. And it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. Uh, we let the culture right back in and, and we, we're supposed to forsake the world. And yet we have so many people now who who actually don't do those things. They refuse to follow Christ. They refuse to follow his holy instructions. And yet what happens more often than not is that we just we just allow it to happen. And we don't repent of those things and we don't turn back to Christ. And that's such a deadly game to play because in the end it will get us, but we must be so careful. So once again, as we start looking at these, we're going to go back here just for a second because it's, it's so important. Paul weeps for those who are not of us, but once were. Our hearts must break for unbelievers doomed to wrath. Un understand this that the wrath of God is utterly terrifying. It says in Hebrews, that it is a terrifying thing to, to fall in the hands of the living God. It's not a joke. It's not a game. 
It's nothing to play around with. And I'm here to tell you right now that there are many who are under wrath and are going to live their lives the way they want to, only to find out that everything that they did was in complete opposite of Scripture. And what I'm about to say to you now is, is not a popular message by any means, but the message of Christ is very, very hard because it destroys everything that man establishes on their own that they believe is right. And I'm here to tell you, if you are in a situation where you have maybe a church that's like that or um, or anything like that at all, you need to run away from it and not walk away, run away. Because those who are enemies of the cross of Christ, their end is destruction. They're gods of their appetites. And let me just say this. Their end is destruction. But us in verse 20, this is where the good news comes in. Our citizenship, those of us who are true believers in Jesus Christ, our citizenship is in heaven. And I'm here to share with you that that is a wonderful blessing. It is a wonderful blessing. Now, again, going back to verse 20, start over again. Our citizenship is in heaven from which... Also, we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you eagerly awaiting the Savior? Are you eagerly awaiting the Savior? Are you eagerly waiting and desiring and longing for your spiritual home to be revealed? I I am. That doesn't mean I have uh, a death wish. It just means that I am just so ready to go home. The, the the more I'm in this world, the darker it gets, the more I just get, I just honestly get, um, I get sick of it. And I get sick of, I get sick of the lies. I get sick of um, false doctrines. I'm tired of people uh, exalting self. I just, I get so sick of that. And it, it, get, it gets really old. It gets really old. And, you know, their glory is in their shame. People glory in the flesh, and they think that it's virtuous to to get drunk on a Friday and Saturday night and then um, can't go to church Sunday because they're too hungover. And here we are, uh, just the the same wheel keeps spinning. There's nothing new. They they, they get drunk, and they, they think that, that that's some kind of a great thing. The world... If you're following it, will tell you that you're the greatest person ever and that it'll just continue to, to boost your ego and tell you that those things are right. And in reality, uh, you're really just damning yourself. And I, I just encourage you that not to do that because it's, it's just not worth it. But our citizenship is not here. That's why if, you're, if you don't feel like an alien here, um, then there's a big problem. If the world is telling you you're all right, you're great, and you're wonderful, that is a major issue. Because I'm telling you right now, um, if our citizenship is in heaven, this is not our home. We are not home yet. And we must be 
extra cautious on how we live because we are representing our king. And how do you represent him? Do you represent him well? Or are you kind of given into the world a little bit? Are you are you fixated on those things? Those are some hard questions to answer. And they're, they're, it's not for the faint of heart. It really is not. But we eagerly await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 21, who will transform the body of our humble state to into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things for, to himself. What a wonderful promise. That is a wonderful promise. And I'm going to take you real quick as we start to conclude this wonderful chapter here. I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm going to go to verses 40 through 44. And most of you that have been with me for quite some time will actually remember what these verses are. Because you'll say like, oh yeah, I remember that. And you'll see here in just a second. So let's read it real quick. 40 through 44, it says, There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly heavenly is one, and the glory of the earthly is another. Okay? So here we have two bodies, an earthly and heavenly. Okay, now moving on. It says, there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. Verse 42 says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown an imperishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So the, the Bible also talks about the, in James, where it talks about faith and works. The body without the spirit is completely dead. So faith without works is dead. So I'm here to share with you, and we're, and we're kind of going back to the end here in uh, chapter 3. But Christ is going to transform our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by his power that subjects everything to himself. That, my friends, is extremely, extremely powerful. Who is more powerful than Christ? No one. And he's going to use his power to transform us once our life is over and our purpose for him has been served. He's going to transform us into the image of his body. We are going to have a spiritual, powerful, glorious body. And that is what our hope needs to be fixed on. Our citizenship is in heaven where we are told to set our eyes on the things from above, to set our mind and hearts on those things. 
And it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to forget those things. But we must be always thinking of spiritual things. We're always supposed to be thinking of heavenly things and dominating all of that, Christ. If he is not at the forefront of your thoughts, then you need to repent of that and turn. Because he is the only one worthy of our thoughts. He is the only one worthy of our praise. He is the only, only name that has been given to mankind by which we must be saved. So it's not, a, like I said before, it's not a game. It's not a joke. It's something that we must do and we must obey. So do not take what you hear lightly. Take it, run with it, and never look back. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps each and every single one of you and gives you peace. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. And until next time, God bless you all.